What if you could measure your employer brand as a single number? What if you could track it over time? We do that. It's called the Employer Brand Index. Continuously measuring what's positive and negative about you as an employer from a candidate perspective is the key. The Employer Brand Index helps you measure your employer brand and validates your perceptions or draw up a few surprises, both good and bad. The Employer Brand Index works best when done over time to see how things are changing. Some companies use it as a baseline before they launch their EVP. Others add in some talent competitors to see how they stack up. Stay on top of your employer brand. Go to employerbrandindex.co to learn more. Hey, Sun Svesan. It is Jorgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast by Link Humans, London's Employer Branding Agency. Today, we're speaking to one of the biggest law firms in the world. We'll learn uh, how they take a federal approach to employer branding and even have an internal score for maturity. Very interesting stuff. Let's start today's show. Tarek, how are you doing? I'm great, Jorgen. How are you? Very good, thanks. So please let listeners know who you are and uh, what you do. All right, super. Well, look, thanks for having me uh, on this today. Uh, so I'm Tarek Dawas. I'm the Global Head of Resourcing at uh, law firm Allen & Overy. Um, and in that role, I, I lead our teams that are responsible for uh, recruiting graduates, experienced hires into the firm, um, as well as looking after our employer brand and our international mobility team. So it's a, it's a fairly kind of wide, uh, wide-ranging resourcing role. Um, I'm also kind of, I suppose, personally responsible for partner hiring and promotion for our, uh, our lawyers into, into, the, into the legal partnership. Great. Okay. So it's a legal <clears throat> partnership. And I found on that on Wikipedia that Alan Overy is the seventh biggest law firm in the world. So talk to me about what that means and uh, what, what uh, keeps your people busy. So yes, I mean we we are a, a global integrated law firm. Um, we have um, around five and a half uh, five and a half thousand partners and staff. Um, about half of whom are actually lawyers, uh, and they're operating out of uh, forty four offices in thirty one countries. So we are we have we've got a fairly uh, strong kind of global global footprint, um, particularly as kind of law firms go. We are fairly well spread out. Um, between you know UK, uh, EMEA, uh, Asia Pacific, we have a footprint in the US as well, although that's quite small at the, for the time being. But that's something that we're looking to to address as well. And in terms of what they do, I mean, our lawyers are essentially, uh, you know, officially speaking, advise private and publicly owned institutions, businesses, governments, and individuals on their legal matters and disputes. Um, so you know, to you and I, that really means it's predominantly you know what we might consider corporate law. Okay, got it, yeah. And so I think people have a preconception around uh, what it's like to work at a law firm. Well, we've all seen the movies, even if we haven't worked there. Uh, but <laughs> how would you describe that, the culture at the company? Yeah, I mean, just like Suits, um, <laughs> uh, if you've seen that. No, it's, it's, it's not like that at all, actually. I mean, right. um, the, 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 the culture is actually... Um, what I, you know, I would consider, I would describe it as a, uh, a kind of a a, a collaborative, um, high quality culture. Um, on the quality side, 
um, you know, we recruit people who are, you know, very, very kind of strong technically, uh, very strong technical lawyers and people who will ultimately become partners and, and lead the profession. Um, you know, as, as one of the, the, the main law firms and the, glo- the main global law firms uh, around, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're very um, specific around the quality of, of who we bring in and also how we develop people. The intellectual chance, therefore, in a firm like ours is, is really uh, high. I mean, it's very stimulating and it really does force you to improve each day. The other thing I think which surprised me a little bit having come into law a couple of years ago is is just how much an, of an appetite there is for innovation. Um, we do aim to be advanced in everything we do. Um, I mean, Alan Overy was um, the first of uh, of the major law firms to launch an advanced delivery pr- platform that's really there to, to disrupt the way legal services are delivered to clients and to help shape the future. We're the only law firm to have featured in the... Um, uh, top three of the Financial Times innovation law firm rankings each year. Uh, we've topped that ranking uh, four times. So, you know, uh, innovation does actually sit at the core of, of everything we do. And, and a lot of what we will come to talk about perhaps when it comes to talent is really about how how we can really evolve our model to embrace technology, embrace change and the, and the demands of of the of this general this upcoming generation of talent more and more, um, we have a tech incubator in the organisation here in the building on the on the first floor with me. We have a project management office. Um, we have a a business which is focused on providing talent on demand. So all of these sorts of things are things you know you might not necessarily expect or associate with a law firm, but you know they exist here. So. Innovation, quality, and obviously, you know, I talked a little about global as well, uh, and that kind of global collaborative culture, which uh, which which is, is very strong for us too. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, so when I came to visit uh, your offices earlier this year, um, you um, kindly told me about the uh, yeah the, the offices, very funky offices, look more like a tech company really, and about uh, the twenty four hour work environment, even that they're asleep pods and so on on site. Now, how does that gel with uh, work-life balance? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the realities are for a you know anyone operating in our in our industry that you know the demands are extremely high, and that's something that you know anyone wishing to get into you know a career in law needs to consider and think about. Um, you know, and and those you know those are you know in in many respects unavoidable in some parts of the business so really you know we we as a as a talent organization try to do as much as possible to try to mitigate some of those things and to really help people and support them by introducing things like you know flexible working uh you know certainly being much more open about people needing to um to to work from home or from where they would need to work from in order to balance their 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 life and work commitments uh, as as needed but we also recognize that this you know there are times when there's big deals going on where you know people do work you know put in some very very long shifts uh, we're also a global organization so the deals that we work on are global and um Although London might be asleep, Singapore will be wide awake and doing work. So, you know, as an organization, we really have to think very carefully about how we, you know, support our people's well-being uh, whilst delivering what our clients expect, you know, from a global law firm like ours. So, yes, you know, one of the things we talked about there was sleep pods. You know, I think that's one of the most uh, 
most interesting kind of aspects that surprised me a little bit when I first came in here. We have a, a bank of sleep pods, and I'm not sure how often they're used, but I'm told they have been used uh, by lawyers who are having to pull all-nighters. And uh, you know, rather than perhaps commute home and spend an hour, an hour and a half on the way home, uh, close to midnight, only to turn around and come back, you know, they can make use of those. But, you know, that's just one example. We have also, you know, a, a, a fully functioning gym downstairs. We have a health suite uh, with a GP service, a dental service, all these sorts of things. Our restaurant uh, is actually open late into the night as well. Um, so it's it's not quite 24-7. But, it, you know, it's, again, all of the services around the buildings um, and, and the support areas are geared towards, you know, supporting our lawyers who, who do sometimes have to work very long hours. Mm, okay. Right. So if we come back to Tannen, what are the challenges that, that the company is faced with? Well, um, I think that the, the, the first one and probably the one that's common to, to many industries is really about us, um, you know, thinking slightly differently and perhaps shifting the conventional thinking about who our talent competitors are and therefore, you know, what type of talent we need to successfully that we need to actually bring into the firm to kind of deliver on our strategy. So like many industries, the nature of our industry is changing. Um, that's changing because of client expectations, their increased sophistication, but also, of course, broader technology trends and, and so forth. Therefore, um, you know, when I think about the, the number one challenge, to, uh, to me, it's really all about you know, how we adjust our mindset to the skills and capabilities that will be required by lawyers in the future, because we believe those will be very different to those that, have been, that they've needed in the past. So you know, as a simple example of that, you know, a lawyer today who doesn't understand how technology can help them deliver their services more effectively or efficiently is less likely to be as commercial as they should be. And that's something that you know, perhaps hasn't you know, always been the case. Now, you know, there's, you know, you might argue lawyers have always needed to be thoughtful about how to deliver services more effectively. But today, of course, that means they have to be quite fluent and, and familiar with, with how technology can do that. So that's number one, I would say. It's just about that disrupting the conventional thinking about how, who we recruit and where we recruit them from. The second one I would say is really that expectations of talent have changed, and that obviously applies across industries as well. Um, but the search for purpose and the search for better work-life balance, you know, is 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 a challenge, and and it means that our our future talent expects a very different type of workplace. So we have to be very good at understanding that their expectations, and also agile in kind of customizing our proposition to suit their their choices and their career expectations. So really, it's about um, getting the best out of the exceptional people that we we hire and that we we invest in, and then the third one is really about the fact you know our brand itself. Our brand is very strong in in some segments and in some geographies, but less so in others. So, for example, in the UK, it's very strong for us in the legal space, but perhaps less so when we go out to recruit finance or marketing professionals. Uh, on the other hand, in Australia, as an example, our you know where our presence is relatively new. It's less strong there and legal. So you know we need to build a brand that kind of works for us in both you know in our in the in the markets where we're a challenger and markets where we're a leader. So those those would be the three big ones in my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting challenge. The third one there. So tell us about the, the strategy behind employer brand and, and how you drive the the activation. 
Yes, I mean, the, you know, the, the the strategy really is to is to address those challenges that I just talked about. So it's really building a a, a globally um, relevant uh, a, a brand for us and actually activating that relentless, relentlessly as well, uh, with the objective of really expanding awareness of Allen Overy as a career destination, both for talent, legal talent, and for people who perhaps you know are are non-lawyers who who want to enter um, you know and join one of our one of our non-legal functions. So you know historically we've we've always been known as a as a friendly firm, right? We're very personable. We take a very relationship-based approach to to all of our work, recruiting and non-recruiting. And you know we tend to re- adopt technology, you know, really only if it passes the the candidate experience test. So. You know, I joined a couple of years ago, as I mentioned earlier, and, and one of the things that you know I've been really focused on is how we adopt technology um, to drive better efficiency and, and streamline our recruiting operations. And as we do that, we're always mindful about how we, do, you know, how the cost or the benefit that that might have on the candidate experience. We get some excellent feedback on from candidates on our processes, and we have we have done over the years, and we just don't want to lose that. Um, so you know, for for us, really, the way in which we um, we plan to kind of execute on on our on our strategy is is well, the way we have been doing it actually is is very much you know probably things that are fairly common sense to people who work in this sector. So you know, internally, we spend a lot of time on um, you know leading practice sharing through our through calls through our intranet. We we've set up a, an employer brand activation project and team, uh, and actually also a maturity model. So uh, what we've really done is, is try to be very deliberate about setting ourselves some key objectives around what we want our employer brand to do for us. And we've established this maturity model, which explains what indicators we would expect to see <clears throat> all of our offices meet as they implement the brand in their markets, uh, and then how we would assess uh, them against those, those indicators. So basically, you know, when we work with our offices or our countries, each office gets a score based on how well they're doing against the criteria. We will have discussions with each of them to determine, you know, agree, if you like, a score and how they're doing and to give them some feedback on, on what they're doing today that's really good, where they're perhaps not quite meeting the criteria, where, where they may be exceeding the criteria, uh, and how to get to the next level. So this, you know, that kind of approach really helps us with engagement. So it's very... Uh, very much a kind of a, you know, an internal gradual build out of our brand. But fortunately, you know, we're in a position where, you know, our, our offices are very receptive and very, you know, they're hungry for a lot of this, uh, this global employer brand material that's being developed at the moment. So I, I would say we're kind of at st- stage one uh, at the moment and kind of how we're rolling that out. And um, we'll, we'll move on to stage two once that's complete. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. So it's like an internal scorecard almost. And uh, what uh, what regions or what countries are are uh, doing the best at the moment? Are you uh, able to, to tell us that? Well, yeah. I mean, we we happen to be um, you know probably doing best where we have most critical mass. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the UK market, London in particular, as I mentioned earlier, we're very strong. We we rank very well in our in, in against employer brand brand rankings. Um, you know, 
you take your pick from which, whichever ones, whether it's global ones like Universum or more or local ones um, like High Flyers or Times 100. So we do very well in the market in London. We do very well in places like the Netherlands, um, Hong Kong, Singapore. Where we are probably less strong and we need to focus a little bit more is is, is other more competitive markets uh, like Germany, like Australia. And the U.S. is also a very different market uh, from a, for, for a law firm as well, particularly, you know, uh, a law firm whose heritage is, is, is London. Um, so that's the place that we need to work very, very hard and we need, to, we need our brand to work for us there. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned uh, there's materials being developed and so on. So I imagine you have a, uh, an overarching uh, a corporate EVP and uh, what might that be? Well, um, so I mean, our, our EVP really is is kind of um, was developed from the ground up. So I would say, although it was done before I joined, it's kind of really broken down into three key pillars, uh, and it and it is intended to really again touch on the things that I talked about earlier when you asked me about kind of the corporate culture, um, and it breaks it down into three pillars. Um, one is you know the first pillar is 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 about togetherness and the feeling of trust and belonging and and collaboration and camaraderie which is absolutely critical to our dna and is very consistent with the way in which the the partnership and the ownership structure of the firm works the second thing is around not being afraid to call out um you know things when you see them uh being ambitious and being driven to constantly improve and strive for better so that's the second pillar for us is kind of fearlessness um and the third one is really kind of we would describe as looking restlessly towards change in the future. So we call it for the future. Uh, and that's about us continuing to push the boundaries of, um, you know, how what innovation looks like, what an advanced law firm should look like um, so that we are continuing to lead in the, in, the, in, in the industry. So, you know, when you put those three pillars together, it, it kind of flows quite nicely. It's together, fearless and for the future. So those are the the three kind of key uh, pillars of our EVP. Is there an overriding tagline, or do you just use the pillars? Well, as as we've executed that externally in the marketplace, um, we have adopted a uh, kind of a, a, a tagline, if you if you want to call it that, which is "It's time." Ah. Um, and and that's what you'll see on our external recruitment material. Yeah, um, and and. Yeah, and what that's really intended to do is to try to capture that moment in time where you know, for, where for 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 most people that enter a law firm, they've invested a lot of their energy um, and and effort in actually kind of getting to a particular point in their career, whether that's you know achieving academic excellence and and getting those exam results and reaching that point at which they can really literally take a breath and then move into the next phase of their career or it might be someone who's done really really well at another law firm or at in another sector um who's just now ready for to move to the next level so you know that whole concept of its time obviously there's you know there's there's a lot more that comes off it is really designed to kind of capture that moment when you know, it's time for a decision, if you like, or it's time to make a change. And we wanted to kind of encapsulate that as the springboard for, you know, what we think we can offer someone in the, in the next step of their career. Interesting. Okay. And where do you uh, communicate and activate this? And, and also, what, um, where do you find uh, the best uh, hires um, in terms of sources? 
Yeah, so um, again, over here, I would say we are still fairly early on in our in our journey on this. I mean, there's still a lot, a long way to go in terms of the channels that we activate through. We're fairly traditional at the moment in the sense that we are, you know, a lot of our hiring still takes place via agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the model that we currently operate under. So we, you know, we ensure that, of course, the agencies are as our conduit to the talent marketplace are, are able to represent us in, in as accurate and effective way as possible, and we we scorecard them against that. Um, but we also use you know uh, online channels. So our website is currently going through a major redesign. That'll become a much more effective channel to the market for us once that's launched later on uh, this year. We're also relatively active on social media. I would like to see that, you know, bump up in quite a big way. Um, but we are a little bit, um, I'd say, ad hoc in our social media approach at the moment. We are, again, very strong in some markets, but uh, perhaps not quite um, where we need to be in others. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to answer the second part there, which is, you know, where do we tend to get most of our our, our best sources of hires? The one, uh, there's, the, you know, the one source that I think is really critical for us um, and is really, you know, IP for us, really, if you like, is our alumni network. Um, we actually bring a lot of people back into the firm um, who've left us for one reason or another. That tells you a lot about the culture of the organisation as well. That we actually enjoy a really high rate of boomerangs. Um, and our referral network works works pretty well at the moment as well. Right. Okay. And are there any uh, initiatives that you're particularly proud of that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, well, I mean, I I, I think the, the the one that really jumps out for me, um, and there's probably a couple, but the one that really jumps out and would be number one for me is is a, is our initiative that we we've can we've termed lawyer of the future. Uh, and this really comes back to the core of what I was talking about earlier around, you know, us needing to disrupt our own thinking around who we consider to be talent that we need in the future and where we wish we are, and who our competitors for talent are. So this project is really about defining the success attributes of lawyers we need in the future. What are the skills and capabilities they need to be able to demonstrate? And what can we help uh, when we hire them? And then what can we actually help them develop after they join us? So that was a, you know, that that was a, a relatively um, in-depth uh, effort that, that took us about a year. Um, and off the back of that, we actually are, are now building out, you know, new ways of assessing graduates that will focus on uh, looking at their future potential, not their past performance, as an indicator of their, you know, uh, potential for success. So. Really, I think that whole Lawyer of the Future project has really allowed us to become a lot more uh, grounded and confident in what the, what the profile that we need to recruit against is. That's been validated. And we are now implementing some new assessment approaches, including some online new and online tools that will hit the market in the next few weeks that will allow us to more objectively assess those people uh, in a less biased way uh, than, than in the past. Uh, and that's really important for us. Um, so that really, for me, is a big headline, and and, and what that's going to allow us to do as well is is also you know really capitalize on on the brand that we have been building over the last year, which is now beginning to allow us to recruit people who we traditionally may not have been able to access. So this uh, the lawyer lawyer of the future uh, research is that available publicly somewhere, or is that more of an internal piece? 
Well, it, it's, it, we are actually beginning to talk about it more and more externally. And it's something that, you know, we, we've been doing here as part of, you know, a, a, a big piece, a big body of work around, the, you know, the future of talent and law, which includes, you know, legal talent, but it also includes, um, you know, other areas in which law firms are, are expanding into. So, you know, I think we will see more of it come out into, into the market um, over the next few months as, as that kind of the topic, the discussion around that gathers pace. Great. Okay. Right. So if we flip it, can you give us a, a hard lesson that, uh, our, that you've learned along the journey that uh, our listeners should try and stay clear of? Um, so the, the, the difficulty here is picking the one, right? I mean, there's <laughs> been a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons along the way. And, 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 and I guess if I, you know, if I really had to think hard about it and really distill it into one thing, you know, I think the thing that really stands out for me is, particularly in this space, um, is, is you know, to be brave enough to ask your audience what they want. Um, and I think w- what I mean by that is that, w- w- you know, there's a huge amount of innovation in the recruitment market. I think we are living in a f- fantastic time in, in, in recruitment terms uh, with the amount of startups and ideas that are coming together and, and being presented to us in firms. But in reality, and, and you know, I've been victim of this myself, we can sometimes get carried away with what seem to us like amazing ideas. And we can sometimes spend a lot of relationship capital selling the idea internally, investing time and money in implementing it, only to sometimes kind of just see it not quite have the impact we expected it to have. Um, and, and really, w- what I've learned is that what that tends to come back to is that you know, we, you know, is to really test with the target audience before you start pushing an idea too far along the way and ensure that you're really clear on what the problem that you're actually trying to solve is rather than doing what I have done once or twice in the past, which is um, look, for a, look for a solution that you want a problem to, to find, if you like. Um, so it's really about leading with the problem, not the solution. That would be my, my big lesson here. Yeah, good, good lesson there. Okay, right. And in terms of uh, measuring your success on uh, uh, employer brand, what uh, would you use at, at Allen & Overy? Well, again, I, I would say we're probably at the early stages of putting this stuff in place, uh, putting in place our measures of success and, and, you know, how we want to measure the impact of what we do. Um, so we're currently, you know, monitoring our rankings in key markets. Um, we are, um, you know, also assessing quite carefully, you know, whether we are actually beginning to see the kinds of people that the, the campaign is designed to attract actually come through the door. And we're seeing that happen. So at the moment, for example, one of the key things for us is to try to become better at attracting non-legal tech talent. We launched an advanced delivery uh, tech training program last year. And for the first time, we went out to market and, and started to recruit those people. And we had an amazing response. So you know that, I suppose, anecdotally gives us some, some good confidence that what we're doing is, is right. But actually, what we need to start doing now is being much more deliberate about putting some measures in place and looking at our rankings and seeing really exactly what's, what's moving up and what's moving down. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And if, um, if you were to give uh, your top tips to employer brand managers listening to this right now, what might they be? Um, so number one would be a, a little bit like what I said earlier, it's defi- define your objective, be clear about, you know, what the indicators of measures of, of activation or success are for you. 
keep them simple, uh, communicate them, and, and work with your stakeholders toward, towards meeting them. So that would be my number one. I think the second thing is, you know, activation is key. Again, you know, this is an area where it's very tempting to continue to play in the, the creative space and kind of get really carried away with some amazing ideas. But really, unless you focus relentlessly on steps that will move towards better activation and more consistent gl activation globally, if you're in a global role, then, you know, all those great ideas, unfortunately, just do not see the, day, the light of day. And then finally, I'd, I'd say, you know, for me, employer brand really is about experience. It's about behavior more than it's about collateral and websites and social media. People, I think, are attracted to brands that make them feel a certain way. Um, you know, certainly a poster or a, a campaign can sp uh, spike people's interest and make them want to come and talk to you. But actually, it's it's how they feel when they interact with you that's really important. So, So, you know, thinking about every single interaction with the, your candidates and making sure that that's living up to your employer brand and the promise uh, i think is really important and that you know that includes thinking about your front of house staff your catering staff all the way up to the fine details of the interview room that someone actually comes and sits in to me that's the essence of actually living the employer brand Absolutely, 100%. And, and even uh, once they're uh, hired, when they're actually on board, they're continuing offering that uh, brand experience. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, you only gave me three, Jürgen, so I, I uh, gave you those ones. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, okay, so if we look uh, beyond Alan Overy, what uh, other employer brands out there inspire you? Um, well, I mean, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of organizations that are doing some really interesting things out there. I mean, I, there are... You know, I think there's. I, I'm inspired every day by what I see out there from some of the organisations that are, you know, hitting the headlines all the time. Right? They they do a really great job. But, but I, what I find mo more interesting, to be honest, is when I interact with an organisation over the course of many years, and I observe a you know, a consistency and a common thread in the way in which they deal with their people and their and their clients. That's what really impresses me. Um, I mean, I, I just think of hospitality as, as one industry. You know, we we happen to go on holiday most years to uh, to to the to the same place, the same hotel that we've been going to since the eight, the nineteen eighties. That shows how how old I am, but I was a kid back then. And and what really strikes me, and the reason. I keep on going back there and I bring my family there and I think my kids will take their kids there is because the people that you know I met when I started going there as a child are still there. They know me by name, I know them by name, and we have a relationship. And to me, what that tells me is that that particular place is actually doing a phenomenal job of you know, uh, being very consistent and clear and in, 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 in you know, and being a great place to work, clearly, because people decide to stay there for a very, very long time. And even though their careers perhaps don't progress very much, they are happy to stay in those those roles. Um, so that that organization, hotel in that situation, is creating a hugely loyal base of employees and clients. And I think that only happens when both are very happy. Um, so that that to me is just a really 
you know, interests me a lot more, to be honest, than kind of looking at some of the the slightly perhaps more kind of world-renowned organizations that are, of course, doing great things. Um, but to me, that's the essence of, you know, doing doing brand work really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. And uh, if we look into the future, what, uh, what do you think is next for employer brand in general and also at Alan Nobri? Well, um, for us, it's really about more focus on activation, uh, continuing to kind of push that relentlessly, um, and also moving our attention to to measuring impact and results. So, you know, how are we doing against our objectives of of building our brand in markets and segments where we're less strong? So, really, it's about those two those two key things. Great. Okay. Well, that's my final question. Where can uh, our listeners learn more about Alan Overy and uh, its employer brand, and where can they connect with yourself? Well, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, keep an eye on our website. Uh, as I say, at the moment, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, in, in transition, but uh, that's, that's a good that. place to be. Everyone says that it's always in transition, right? Um, uh, our Instagram pages uh, are also where, where the fun happens too. So Instagram, our, our website, and, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for your time, Tariq. Yeah, and thank you so much too. Take care. All right, there you have it, folks. Be sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast at employerbrandingpodcast.com and or on Apple Podcasts, so SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, I should also mention that we are kicking off the uh, Employer Branding Academy in London again. It's an eight-week blended learning course, and uh, it is going to start on the 18th of October in uh, this autumn so do let me know if you're interested in that and also here at link humans in case you're wondering we help companies to uh, really understand define and measure employer brand so that means we do a lot of research qual and quant we do evp development refreshes or from uh, from a blank canvas and we, of course, we do the Employer Brand Index, which is a measurement project, really. So if you're uh, looking for any of those services, feel free to get in touch with me, Jorgen at linkhumans.com, or go to our uh, shiny website, which is, of course, linkhumans.com. Okay, that's enough for me. Thank you very much for tuning in and look forward to catching up next time. Hey, now, for the bonus material, I think you ought to tell everyone where this hotel is and, and where the uh, where, yeah where you go <laughs> for a bonus. Well, yeah. uh, I don't want, I don't want it to be uh, uh, it's it's a it's a little hidden hidden secret actually. Um, okay. But I, I I will reveal. Um, but I expect a bit you know a, a bit of a kickback if it all works out well for them, I suppose. Uh, so this 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 hotel is in is in Limassol in in Cyprus, and it's called the Amethyst Beach Hotel. And it's, uh, it's a little piece of heaven on earth for me.